0: We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build-remodeling company, Black Dog Builders, in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire.
1: We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back. To another segment of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And we are so happy to be here. Thank you for listening to us every couple of weeks. We really appreciate it. We feel very blessed to have such a good listenership
0: that's exactly right and uh and we uh and it's growing and we're excited about that too so yep. thank you
1: so please keep sharing it with your friends or liking or subscribing or following or doing what pushing whatever buttons you have to push that's to, right. and
0: thanks to, for to our awesome producer in. meryl who tolerates the fact that i whack the mic down again and she makes her
1: you co- gesticulate yes sometimes. i do gesticulate and, and you and you hit things while right. you do that right and
0: then when i do she makes me Uh, We both glare. Angry at me, a lot of glaring. I'm definitely outnumbered. There's uh, angry women in this room. It's not good. (laughs) But I I do what I can to get by. So anyway.
1: Oh, so put upon. So we
0: have a topic today.
1: We do have a topic today. Actually, I think
0: is uh, hopefully this will bring some good value to folks, Um, and uh, it's something that a lot of projects, a lot of people who are considering projects, have to contend with. And so, what is that?
1: The topic today is navigating town government while remodeling. Sure is. Which people don't think about at all until they go to pull their permit, and then they find out that they have to wait three months for whatever reason. And that makes them very frustrated. So we're going to talk about how to uh, find out information from your town about remodeling and what uh, attitude you need to bring in and how to make things go as smoothly as possible so that you don't have unforeseen hiccups in your timeline.
0: That's exactly right. And so I think, let's start at the top sort of in the whole concept of permitting. So we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but in general, um, you know, uh, we, we're we here in New Hampshire. New Hampshire's like the live-free-or-die state. Not it, not it big is. on regulation and, and government too much, no, right? people
1: like to die here. Right.
0: <laughs> um, and, uh, and, but even with that being the case, and even the case like uh, New Hampshire does not have uh, any contractor licensing or any contractor registration program or any contractor education program, mm-hmm. all of which I think is a bad thing.
1: And if you're building your own home, you don't even need inspections.
0: Uh you don't need a no. That's not true. You don't Isn't even it? need you don't need a um, a license. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, you, so you don't need a license, but you do still do. You so, still need the. But my my okay. my Sorry. point my point being that I think we need to um, every all the work that we do, uh, regardless whether you're DIY or not, you're well suited or you're well served to actually ha- pull a permit and do the project legitimately.
1: Mm-hmm. And why is that, right? Yes, why is that? Because uh, a lot of people are like, I'm not pulling a permit. I get it. I yep. get it,
0: right? And, um, and I understand. So, so the reality is the inspector, there are plenty of people that look at the inspectors as just sort of pain in the butt. It's another hurdle you have to clear. It's mm-hmm. another, and, and maybe it's another source of anxiety because, oh, am I going to pass? Am I not going to pass? What's going to go on, right? But the truth of the matter is the, the inspector's first and foremost job is safety, mm-hmm. right? So they're not out. There literally, literally is virtually no inspector you're going to run into, who is out to take pleasure out of making your life miserable?
1: Well, I don't know. I think there's a few. <laughs> all
0: right, I I will tell you. I have dealt with a lot of inspectors. Mm-hmm. Our company has dealt with a lot of inspectors, and by and large, they are all sort of professional. And and are, are is the the occasional person who is uh, maybe not a happy person mm-hmm. and they out on a little power and, trip and, and they use their position mm. to uh, to. Make themselves feel better, maybe, but yeah. uh, quite. I know on- they're
1: the exception, not the quite ones. honestly. Absolutely. That truly
0: is the exception, yep. right? By and large, the professionals are out there um, to to keep us safe and to keep homeowners safe. And 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 how are how is the average homeowner? Even if, even if you're a handy homeowner, um, you may you don't know all there is to know about renovation work, and there's a lot to know, mm. right? So the inspectional services side of things um, is really a quality assurance check and. And did we meet code? And by the way, code is sort of the minimum standard. Code is like we got to do this mm-hmm. to be safe and and get the project done correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, did we meet or exceed code? And the and the building officials uh, that manage whether it's whether it's electrical, plumbing, gas fitting, whatever it is that they're overseeing, or building inspection itself, um, all those things are in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. And at the core of it. Uh, is just about always about safety.
1: And if you do a project, especially a bigger project, and you have not pulled a permit, when you go to sell your home, it probably will be uncovered as an unpermitted project and it can hold up Right. Um, you being able to, to sell your home later. So, you know, it causes all kinds of, of headaches right. after the fact. Right,
0: exactly. You may think you're dodging a bullet now, but later it could come back to haunt you. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and there's also, you know, uh, some liability. If an inspector discovers a problem uh, during the inspectional part of the process, you want that problem uncovered before you put it covered over with sheetrock and have a bigger mm-hmm. problem later, mm-hmm. right? So that's another piece of it. Now, let's talk about the, pers- the attitude or the perspective you go into. Uh, the working with the town with, right? So um, I, I actually have been in, at building departments at the counter with the building officials when there have been homeowners in, um, and homeowners who have come in sort of with the standpoint of like, hey, I pay taxes, ergo, I pay your salary, ergo, you work for me. Mm-hmm. So you better give me some good service here, right, mm-hmm. or whatever. That's not a good idea. It is
1: not a good that idea. That is not a
0: good and, idea. And while, while at, at the end of the day, all of the taxpayers that generate the tax base for the town does, in fact, help to pay the salaries for the people who work for the town, that's all well and good. But going in with that approach on your high little horse it's, is a great way to get yourself out yeah, of trouble. Yeah, exactly. Right?
1: And then people know you. And but these, right. are, these are small groups of people. And right. if one jerk comes in and gives somebody a hard time, you... Don't you think that the building inspector for that project isn't going to know it too? And right. everybody down the line. Then you're a
0: masked man. Yeah. No, a marked man. Mark. A marked yeah. man. Right. Mast, masked a man. That's That's like the Lone Ranger. No. Yeah. So you're a marked man, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so, but more, than, but but more than that, <laughs> I think that uh, you got to be careful in thinking through um, that the inspectors in most cases in most towns uh, are there to help you right and so they're not there to make your life miserable but at the same time it isn't their job to teach you construction right right they are code enforcement officials their job is to make sure that you are building your project and or the contractor you hire is building your project to code Mm -hmm. it is not to give people an education uh, on the abcs of how you do projects properly Mm -hmm. right Um, although plenty of inspectors are willing to do that. Plenty of inspectors are willing to take their time out of their day, which, by the way, is usually very tight. Inspectors have a window of time in the morning uh, to meet with people, sometimes a window of time in the afternoon. But then beyond that, they're on the road inspecting and they're hustling. They gotta go from job to job to job, looking at work, signing off on work, or correcting, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with, or, or enforcing, you know, uh, any any number of things that they're dealing with, stopping work on projects that are done improperly, or
1: whatever. Right. They, and they a have lot. a lot of pressure because, you right. know, if you're waiting for your inspection to come and you can't move beyond it, it's really important that they show up when they say they're gonna show up.
0: Right, right. And everything in the process begins with the inspectional services, right? They're building the inspectional services. So, now, that leads us into what happens when you go into the town hall, and you've got your plans, and you are excited, and you are ready to pull a permit, and you, uh, you you put the plans on the table, and you're ready to have a conversation. And by the way, I'm actually kind of speaking about this in sort of an old school way. It depends on where you live and how your inspectional services are dealing with this. But today, in our area... Many, many, many of the towns have moved to online submissions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was only a couple of years ago, and and actually, COVID has accelerated this. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the pandemic has accelerated this because a lot of towns sort of shut down for the public; they couldn't come in, Mm -hmm. right? And so, people are submitting their plans electronically. um, But for a long, long time, you actually go in and have a dialogue with the inspector Mm -hmm. and talk about here's what I want to accomplish, and then they would ask you questions or clarify some stuff. However, the worst scenario is you go in and you're thinking, okay, I'm ready to pull a trigger and can't wait to get started on my project. And then in the review of the project, you see their brow furrow and you see them go, hmm, <laughs> right? And now you're thinking, what could be wrong? And then they call somebody else from another department. Hey, can you come take a look at this? Right? And then someone else comes out from the zoning department and looks at that and goes, oh, yeah, that's going to be a problem you look like you're a little uh, tight on your setback there or you look like uh, there might be some wetlands yep yeah, yeah, that that probably oh, you definitely got some wetlands and, uh, and you're gonna to be too close to the wetland and now your dreams of getting this project launched are on are very done. shaky ground
1: yep right so so the key to all this though is to do your homework early right you right. Know, Go in before you even started your design, especially if you're, if you're working outside the footprint. If you're inside the footprint of your house...
0: Much less issues.
1: Much less of an issue. But if you're, if you're adding an addition or a porch or an outbuilding or anything that goes outside the existing footprint of your house go and see the town early, Right. figure out what the setbacks are, what the zoning allows you to do, right. you know, are there height restrictions, right. are there um, wetlands that you have to be concerned about, figure historical. all that, hi, yeah, historical, historical. Right? right, exactly.
0: So, so when we're talking about the kind of, uh, of groups that you might have to work with, right, so um, there are probably three main groups, that is uh, the zoning board in in most towns you know short, ZBA short for zoning board of administration right um and there's zoning board of administration and uh, then conservation committee. Conservation committee is is dealing with uh, almost always wetlands related issues. Yeah. Almost always wetlands related issues. And then historical. Many many towns have a historical committee. Um, and uh, so if you're it,
1: in a neighborhood with you know homes that were all built in the 1800s, there might be restrictions on what you can do.
0: Exactly, exactly. And they're going to be careful about that kind of stuff. So so you, the more informed you can be about this, it it it's a really really bad feeling when you when you get up in front of the building department and they shoot you down for something you had no idea you had a problem with mm-hmm. and and because they're familiar with your town and they're familiar with the area they may very well know oh you know what that area is a is a notoriously wet area and and you may think to yourself well I don't have any wetlands on my property well first of all only a soil scientist can actually tell where your mm-hmm. wetlands are mm-hmm. right and second of all wetlands aren't always just water right, right. wetlands have to do with vegetation right, right. and if your project is going to be within a hundred feet of the wetland, which may or may not be on your property, you still have an impact,
1: right? Even right? if it's on your neighbor's property.
0: Exactly. Right. And so, so, and you may end up um, wanting to engage the advice of a uh, of a civil engineer, a guy that does um, site plans, does your plot plan for you, and would actually draw uh, the, uh, the 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 design of your addition. On, on your existing, on your new house, they'll draw the existing house on the plot plan. They'll draw the addition on the plot plan. Help you see where your addition is relative to the rest of your property. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your your addition is going to be far enough off the setbacks so that you don't have a problem. And more than that, also, you know, make sure. Now, what they won't do typically, like, a, like your average civil engineer, is not going to be delineating or showing your wetlands there. Right. You actually have to hire someone else to do that um if you think you might have a wetland problem but like you said a preliminary conversation with people at the office yeah
1: you'll know you'll know what issues are potentially there
0: right most uh, most zoning boards first of all most zoning boards are volunteers mm-hmm. right so in the town it's run by volunteers however most towns also have an administrator or or a secretary, if you will, that handles the administrative side of it for the town. Mm-hmm. And so that person is often very well in the know and they very very much in the know and and can, can give you some good guidance and good feedback about, oh yes, your project's gonna have to come before the board mm-hmm. or no your project's good to go. And and if it doesn't want to come before the board, then you want to put in place the sort of a certain process mm-hmm. and engage certain people. Now uh, and, and more than that though the other thing is just the attitude that you come to it with Mm -hmm. right Um, if you come in with a I'm not sure I don't know what I don't know help me understand this Mm -hmm. that's a way better way to go than if you come in with a chip on your shoulder and you're resentful that the town is making you jump through these hoops right right? is the town going to make you jump through the hoops Yes, yeah. right? If you come in with an attitude, it's a, it, you can make yourself miserable, but you still got to jump through the hoops. Right. Or you can go and say, all right, I need to learn about this. I'm going to educate myself mm-hmm. and I'm going to be as compliant as I can. Yep. And then the people in the town will appreciate it. Life will be a little easier for you and you'll have a better outcome.
1: Yeah, because honestly, if you make yourself miserable and then you in the process make everyone else around you miserable, they're going to work to make you even more miserable. Right. Because and, and, there's and, no you know, incentive for them to be nice to you if you're already going to be a jerk from the get-go.
0: That's exactly right, right? And 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 the reality is... Is all the zoning is in, is in place and the wetlands are in place for a reason. You may not all agree, you may not agree with all the reasons, but in the end, like zoning especially is in place to try to help uh, support the, I don't know what the best way to say that is, but like the in, the integrity or quality of the town's environment, right? right. I don't mean environment from the standpoint of like, uh, uh, of, like of smog, right? Like environmental concern, right, right exactly, I mean, but it,
1: just I, about the, like the, the, the visual Right. Interest of the town, making sure that things look neat and tidy.
0: Right. It's like it's like it's the in, in your zoning ordinance. Every town has a zoning ordinance. In your zoning ordinance, it's going to say that, OK, you can't have uh, a, a topless bar on Main Street. Right. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's essentially <laughs> going to say that. Right? Darn it. Right. One way or another. And and you could argue this point. But the intent behind that zoning is to try to keep a certain character for the town, right? Right, Um, and uh, and this it's no different in your neighborhood, right? And and no more than you want someone, you know, moving in beside you and putting up a convenience store in your neighborhood because it's not zoned for it. Then you want you know a topless bar on Main Street or whatever. Right. right? So so all of that all of the zoning exists to help support. Uh, your town being as sort of a desirable a place as it can be. Right. Right, And so you participating in that process, even though you might feel like it's an annoyance, in, in the end, there's a reason for it, and it's a good reason, right. right? And so being part of the solution is a lot more effective than fighting it. Right.
1: right, so let's talk about variances. Okay. Because this is something, so say you go to the town and you have spoken with them and you realize that the setbacks are are gonna be tight for you. What, but is, it, what is a setback, <laughs> by the way? Let's just go to that. A setback is you have property lines and you cannot build within a certain number of feet of those property and lines. And how do I
0: know how close I can be?
1: They, you go to the town and you ask them.
0: Oh, so, so okay, so the, so the answer to that is true, but it varies by location, right? It does. So in different parts of the town, the zoning might be denser. or the, the, the Right. The,
1: like if you're in the town center, your setbacks are going to smaller than if you're in a more kind of suburban right. or rural. Yeah. And so
0: as an example, you right. might have a setback where the sideline setback from the side of your house to the side property could be as little as like 20 feet, maybe even 10 feet or mm-hmm. from the front of the house to the front setback line, your property line could be, Ten or twenty feet. Often the rear setback is a lot bigger, but and, and then you might go to another part of town and the setbacks are bigger overall. And even maybe the lot size requirements are bigger mm-hmm. overall. You mm-hmm. might have to have a minimum of a half acre lot or whatever it might be. Right. So all of that varies. In almost every town, it varies by location. Right. Right. And it can get even a little more complex because you have some some areas where the zoning in the town has changed over time. Right. Right. So when the town first incorporated. They got into a place where they said, "Okay, we're going to set up zoning um, of thus and such, right?" And then the town evolved, and things changed, and and you know, and horse paths turned into roads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then they said, "Okay, you know what? We got to we're going to have to change the zoning. We're going to make the zoning different." And now you're in a house. That was built at the time it was built
1: was in was in compliance, yeah, right. And now it's not. And
0: now it's not right. And that's what they call an existing non-conforming house, mm-hmm. right? That's not a bad thing. There's no. nothing wrong with that,
1: right? You, but, but to your point, if you want to if you want to change something on an existing non-conforming house, or even a conforming house, even if, but but for some reason, you know, there's something that you need to do. Um, uh, and you want to get a variance for it. And a variance just basically means, like, we're giving you a pass on this rule because you have given us an argument that is uh, compelling.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like just what the word sounds like. It, it, they're letting you vary uh, or deviate from mm-hmm. uh, the zoning ordinance. Right. right?
1: But yeah. you have to prove hardship. Right, and that is always a nebulous thing.
0: And har- if we, if uh, if you if we were actually videotaping this, you could see the air quotes hardship, hardship right? right? We're saying, right. And, and so, and hardship is usually it is a nebulous thing, right? So because
1: so here here's a good example of hardship. You have a child who was injured in an accident, and they need a first floor bedroom and a handicap ramp. Um, built outside to get into the house and you do not have the setbacks to be able to put that handicap ramp um, out. And uh, you need a bedroom that, you know, you need to expand the size of his bedroom so that it's big enough for all the equipment that he needs in it. And again, you want to do a four foot bump out and you're and you're up against the setback. But he's a member of this neighborhood. He's going to the same school. It's important for you that you maintain everything else um, for his life considering this injury. That is a legitimate hardship, right? You're trying to stay in your own home, but you're trying to accommodate a child who has been injured and and needs special equipment to be able to stay in the home.
0: Right. And so many zoning boards are going to hear that argument. And, and feel like, okay, that's pretty compelling. But at the same time, they're going to say, okay, now, we can understand why you want this, but help us understand what you're going to do to make sure that the things that you do on your property are not going to diminish the value of your neighbor's property or the overall way your neighborhood Looks Looks, right, right. or the overall way your neighborhood functions, right? So they
1: may be asking for things like, uh, you know, a special kind of landscaping, so that you're minimizing um, uh, the way that house looks. So, so what they're doing is saying, okay, we're going to give you this pass, but you need to take into account how the how this works in your neighborhood, and you're not you're not ruining somebody else's value because of this need. Right.
0: So, so you know, if the entire neighborhood is, uh, you know, is is between, somewhere between your average sort of wood-sided colonial and, or, or cape-style home, um, and you decided that the solution for this problem is to come in and put in a single-story flat-roof brick addition onto the side of your colonial that's going to project out into the front yard, and it's going to dramatically alter the way things look, and it's not going to be in keeping with the rest of the neighborhood or in your home, the Zoning Board may have pushback on that and say, okay, you're not being very sensitive to what's happening here, mm-hmm. um, and we need you to rethink this, and we need you to readdress this, right? right? Now, unfortunately, that's actually not actually how it works. They the, they can they really effectively can, in some cases, just deny you. Deny it. Just and, say, and, sorry, you
1: can't have it. And then you're kind of
0: screwed when that happens because you can't apply for the same petition twice, you, can, you need to have a substantially different petition. So sometime, and that's, that's again, that's why it goes back to working with the town uh, and making sure you understand what the needs and expectations are, so that when you bring a request in front of the zoning board, it's a good request. Right. It's a, it's thoughtful. It's well it's well well you know thought through.
1: And you, often they'll work with you to say you absolutely. know like this is the best way to handle this. You know right. if again if you're nice, bring them cookies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> bring them. <clears throat> excuse me. Bring them a good attitude, and, right. and they'll yeah. actually be helpful to you.
0: And they also might even be able to give you some referrals about engineers that they routinely. So so in every town. Uh, in every zoning board. When you go to the zoning, I've been to many, many zoning board meetings and it's often the same players that keep showing up, the the, the, the same engineers that people hire that work well with the town, the same art, the same attorneys that people hire that work well with the town and understand what the zoning board's concerned about and understand mm-hmm. what the zoning board is looking for. And and so working with the right people um, will help guide you on your way, right? Now, so on that note, let's just do a quick side, side note on that. Um, do do you need an attorney to get a variance?
1: It's not a bad idea.
0: Yeah, so it depends. My answer to that would be it depends. Sometimes yes, you do, right? And it's a, it's a smart thing to do. Um, sometimes it's you're actually overcomplicating the process, and uh, and in fact, the board actually is is comfortable. With homeowners that represent themselves mm-hmm. and explain, here's what I want to accomplish, here's how we're going to do it, and and, and the zoning board can work with that, right? Um, so if it's a it's a complex issue and there's a lot of lot of stuff going on, having an attorney uh, that's got a good rapport with the board, by the way, mm-hmm. not combative, not uh, not notoriously, you know, known for creating issues, mm-hmm. can be can can kind of grease the skids. That can go really well, right? right? Um, but you also can represent yourself. But what you can't do is you can't draw your own plot plan. Right. You right. can't do that. <laughs> and what you can't do is you also can't you can't flag your own wetlands. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to hire a, a civil engineer and you have to hire a soil scientist if you have a wetland issue, as an mm-hmm. example. So mm-hmm. there's some areas where you really do need to get specialists to give you some advice and some areas where you yourself can sort of shepherd the process through and, right. and do it. Right. Right.
1: right.
0: Um, and, and so, you know, uh, we're, we're getting a little bit of the time constraint there. So we're, we we probably want to wrap. But, you know, in another show, we can do a little bit more on. On what conservation is all about, and what historicals about, and things to be sensitive about around that. But um, thinking through your zoning board, think, working with the town, looking in as um, not a pain in the butt, but a resource. Uh, but a re- exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a great choice. Re- but as a resource, is will go a long way to making yep. your project better.
1: And you know, give yourself extra time. Right. You know, before you start your project, before you start your design, start there first. Um, and, and be patient with the yeah. process.
0: And that's another, I'm glad you said that, but just to, to close the last thought, is um, the, the variance. Uh, process in many towns is about a three-month process because mm-hmm. because they're talking about making a change that impacts the public, they uh, need to inform the public. So you have to make application. They then put a notice out of all the abutters that are going to be affected. Abutters are other properties that touch your property or across the street from your property. And the hearing is usually a public hearing. So if anybody has concerns, they can bring their concerns to the board mm-hmm. so the board understands what's going on, right? So uh, that's important to understand. But because of all that happened, and because there's publishing requirements of time and so forth, it, it often takes by the time you're done like three months mm-hmm. to make that. So, going to make your application and then finding out the application got slapped down for a variance and you can't do it, you can't—they're not going to approve the application and you had to get the variance. That if if you're being surprised by that, that's a real issue, right? Mm-hmm. For your so being informed ahead of time, knowing that it's an issue, starting the process early makes life a lot easier. Yes, it does. Right?
1: Yep. All right. So this has been another wonderful talkative episode of Renovation Made Right. (laughs) I am Brenda Bryan. I am David Bryan. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.